I heard excellent reports concerning the women's retreat and how the husbands and children so gladly rejoiced when their wives and mothers came home. But Debbie Manchester was greeted in an unusual way. Her dog in front of the fireplace greeted her by biting her own hand. <laughs> Look at that. Hold that hand up, Debbie. Now, that's, that's pretty well. Now, I don't know that that's ever happened before. If that becomes a tradition, we're in trouble. Tuesday, Tuesday as I Pray, pray deeply, deeply that God, God gives you the word, word to have me pray today. And, and it became, became very heavy upon my heart. And the word for the Lord, Lord would have me bring today in some way that I wanted to bring the non obedience. As I was, As I was praying, praying, I began to hear the song. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. one. It will surprise you what the Lord has Lord. done. And when upon when the pillows build your tender stalls, do not be discouraged. Count your many blessings. But then the thing was troubling her sins. Jim, I want to bring you the reckless word. Concerning, concerning in all things, but I want, I want you to talk about your mind and the episodes yeah. that you encountered in which that was so mighty. As I said, As listening, listening to God, just scriptures began to pour through my mind. Psalm 100, you know. Enter into Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, praise. Be thankful to him and bless his bless name. The Lord the is Lord good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth through all generations. And then so many verses in the New Testament. Let me just read some of them for you. Philippians 4 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God. Colossians 4 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Ephesians 5 18 and 20. Do not drink with wine, for that is dissipation. But, but be filled with the spirits speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, even the Father. Colossians 9.0. For this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have, we have not ceased to pray for you, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of the souls, all the wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing in all respects, bearing good in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God, strengthening all power according to the glorious might, for the attaining of all righteousness and joyously, joyously giving thanks to the Father 
who is qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints with life. Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all to the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father by the First in every This is And then Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then, Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And these verses and the truth that God wanted me to bring today became so overwhelming, I could not deny that this is the word. But Lord, if you want me to speak concerning events in my life, how can I do that without calling attention to myself? And I don't want to call attention to myself. But I pray that in obedience to God, what I bring forth will cause you to ponder and think about your life. Lord, what should I say? The first thing that God brought to mind was an episode that happened when I was in junior high school, Alerts Robertson Junior High. I think I was probably 13 years old. I was playing basketball. And as I turned to run, I tripped really severely skinned my knee. But I still got up and kept playing and didn't do much about it. And then after a while, that knee started to get hot and swell. And I became fevered and nauseous. My father took me to the doctor. And as was true then, it is true now. There is still no medical means of diagnosing accurately tetanus. And so they look at the symptoms and what went before and decide then this is tetanus. And that was decided in this case. Now this was during World War II. And the doctor said we're fortunate to have a new drug. They're using it in the military to treat the wounds of, of men that are suffered in battle. It's called sulfur. <laughs> sulfur drug. So we're going to give that to you. No one knew about the side effects. And so I took the sulfa drug. It took care of the infection. But then after that, I was so weak and growing weaker and weaker. And the doctor said, we have now learned that there are side effects, and one is damage to the heart. Your heart muscle has been so weakened that your life is at risk. So here's the way you're going to have to learn to live. Don't climb any stairs unless you have to. Quit riding your bicycle. Don't play your clarinet. And on and on went the list. I would abide by every one of them except the clarinet. <laughs> this was the way I was going to have to spend the rest of my life. I knew something about that. When my father was a boy, he had scarlet fever. Several members of the family did. One of his sisters lost an eye. Uh, he had uh, damage to his heart, one valve, 
That mastoid bone was damaged. He could not hear out of his left ear. My father was an accountant, but he loved to work with his hands. I remember standing in the backyard one day, a saw in one hand, a hammer in the other. Jim, you learn to use these two tools. You'll never go hungry. He loved to make things. He loved to build things. But each time he would do something like that and exert himself, he'd be in bed, a gray pallor on his face and on oxygen. I knew something about spending the rest of your life limited because of a bad heart. And I prepared myself to live that way. Some years later, I was teaching from the book of Acts. And when I read 1326, it says this, David, after he had fulfilled the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep, slept with his fathers, and underwent decay. And the Lord halted me and said, allow me to use you in your generation. Die be gone, be forgotten, don't think about, don't worry about anything lasting. And so for me, the role was to be a piece in the hand of the great chess master and let him move me any way he chose along the chess board and results were his responsibility, not mine. Now, when I was 13 years old, I had not heard that yet, but God knew it. And it had a purpose for my existence of which I was not aware. About a year later, strength came back. I could do anything I wanted to. Some other fellows and I went on a hike, full backpack, 10 miles up a mountain, spent the night in pup tents and 10 miles back down the mountain with a full pack. Couldn't have done that with a bad heart totally healed my God in heaven <laughs> thank you thank you Lord bless your holy name my father Lord what's the next thing you want me to talk about sometime in the late 80's I'm not sure of the exact time my office was where Jim Grinnell offices now John McVeigh's was where Bill offices. I contracted pneumonia. But until trying to meet my responsibilities here, I came to the office and was sitting at my desk. And suddenly my teeth started chattering. I began to tremble violently. Somehow I had to get home. I started to walk to the door and collapsed. I lay on the floor on my back. I couldn't stop trembling. John McVeigh was walking down the hall. The door was open. He saw me. He came in and just lay his body right on top of mine to try to stop me from trembling. Anybody looking in would think some strange homosexual activity is going on, but that wasn't it. This was a loving brother trying to comfort his older brother. And so they got me home. And I don't want to exaggerate and say it was a full month, but it, almost a month, I was in bed and could do nothing. And as I lay on my back and looked at the ceiling, I began to pray. I began to fellowship with God. 
I want to tell you, never in my whole life have I ever come as close to God as I did in those weeks. It was almost as if I were in the throne room right beside him. I, I can't even describe the great blessing that came to me from being bedfast all those weeks. Praise be his holy name. He has blessings that we're not even aware of, even in the midst of our hardship. The next one that happened to me, I came to a time in my life when I just felt like I was drowning. The slightest exertion, I felt like I was drowning. Maybe another heart issue. So they took me to the hospital, put me through stress test, every kind of test you can think of. There's nothing wrong with your heart. Then they sent me to a pneumatologist. He x-rayed my lungs. It looked like there were just a bunch of fingers on them. You have pulmonary sarcoidosis, scarred lungs. And you know, scars don't go away. What caused it? Well, I got to think back over my life. I spent four years making embalming fluid when I was in college. And I'd go home, my nose burning, eyes burning, throat burning, formaldehyde, just breathe it. But that was too many years before. That couldn't have been it. What else possibly could it have been? Well, when Gordon and I were traveling one year, he went uh, east of Kiev along the Dnieper River where the church in the forest, now known as Nazareth, they were immersing people. I went north to Slavutich. Now, when the Chernobyl mess happened, they closed the village of Chernobyl and built Slavutich 25 miles away. And the people still worked in Chernobyl, but they lived at Slavutich. And there were some Christians who were wanting to plant a church there. And so I traveled with two other people to Slavutich to help plant that church. And while I was there, there was a forest fire at Chernobyl. And I breathed radioactive smoke for some time. Could that have been it? Too long before. They said possibly it was a result of the pneumonia. <laughs> That's where the scars came from. But who knows for sure. But I could not do anything without just feeling like I was drowning. I could not get air. <laughs> but God had a different prognosis. <laughs> He was using me someday to fulfill his will. And lo and behold, that passed. Scars don't go away. These did. <laughs> Today I have no problem breathing at all. Lord, what next do you want me to talk about in Thanksgiving? For many years, Barbara and I began the day in this manner. I would get up first and go make the coffee. Then I'd go get two cups, gently rouse her. She would sit up. I would hand her a cup of coffee. I would take mine and sit on the other side and therefore touching intimately without speaking a word, we would drink our cup of coffee. 
When the first cup was empty, she wouldn't say a word. She just kind of nudged me. <laughs> and I'd go get the second cup. And when the second cup was done, then we would begin praying. Now, most of you know my dear wife. God gave us, praise his name, 59 years and two months together. Most of you have been around a while, remember all the years of sickness she had, the many hospitalizations. I'll tell you, the women in this church are to be admired because there were times when she was hospitalized and I was traveling in ministry, they would go and stay with her because I couldn't. One time she was in a ward and I could be there in the day but they may be leave at night because it was just women. And so women of the church go spend the night with my wife because I couldn't. Over the years, she suffered so much. Many surgeries. One botched surgery one time when Shirley and Bob and I were sitting there. The surgeon came in. I don't know what wrong, went wrong. A, a, a stitch went somewhere. She has peritonitis. Six weeks in the hospital getting over that. Then he said, are you going to sue me? This happened one other time. There was a, a woman missionary preacher, that uh, a, a, a Methodist preacher. This happened with her. She sued me. Are you going to sue me? I said, we're Christians. We don't sue. <laughs> so my dear wife endured much. On Sunday mornings, for a long time, KBEZ, on Sunday morning, played what they said, hymns of faith. So for two or three hours, just beautiful hymns, prayer songs were coming. And like the soundtrack in a movie, on Sunday morning, we'd turn that on. And that would be the environment in which we had our morning prayer. We didn't pay attention to the music, except one day they played a song that my wife just sort of halted. And week after week, they would play that song. And every time in our prayer, she just halted. She had to hear that song, hear the words. When I step inside the pearly gates, what sights to behold? I'll see my friends and loved ones there, safe inside the fold. But I shall look for my dearest friend. His name I love to call. I'll be happy to be in heaven, but I want to see Jesus most of all. I want to meet old doubting Thomas. I want to greet the one named Paul, but I'll sit by the one who saved me. Yes, I want to see Jesus most of all. On October 20th, 2008, Bob and Shirley at the foot of the bed, Diana on one side whispering into her right ear, I on the left side whispering into her left ear, I love you, I love you, I love you. She opened her eyes and looked to the right corner of the room and was gone. She left my arms, going to the arms of Jesus, and my first words were, Oh God, take care of her. I can't anymore. Thanks be to God, I know where she is. 
I want to see Jesus most of all. <laughs> that afternoon, she beheld him. And today, praise his name, lives in his presence. Most recently, many of you attended Jimmy's funeral. You heard his life story. A man who for many years was addicted to drugs went to the state penitentiary, McAllister, for drug charges. After that, became an alcoholic. Remember, we talked about this at the funeral. And Jim Downing, he, Barbara and I prayed for 25 years every morning about his deliverance from alcoholism. And one day he came and said, I've got to do something. I can't quit. Barbara said, Jimmy, pray. Mom, I pray all the time, but I can't quit. And so Jim Downing got him into the 12 and 12 program. You're supposed to stay there a month. He stayed one week, got dried out, and never touched another drop of alcohol the last 25 years of his life. And he said, God delivered me. He gave that testimony over and over again. Spoke of God so often. One time, not maybe a couple, three months before he died, I was bringing him home to the hospital one night. Dad, I don't know how anybody could not believe him. Even when I was living that crazy life, I believed in God. And you remember, if you were at the funeral, not long before he died, Jeremy, his son, with his cell phone, did a video, Jimmy's last words to Jeremy's children, his grandchildren. His words were these, I'm going on ahead. I'll be waiting for you. I know where he is today. Praise be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen, amen. Most of you know that I recently struggled with a UTI infection, passing copious blood. And I went to the waiting room and had to wait eight hours before they got me back in a treatment bay. But in those eight hours, I began to observe the other people in that waiting room. I heard their conversations, the plight that some of them were in. And there were some homeless people that had come in just because that was a warm place to stay. I looked at their lives and thought of mine. I am the most blessed man alive. I have a house. I have a bed. I have heat in the winter and cooling in the summer. I have a wonderful family. Oh, my God. What did I ever do to deserve this? The answer is not one thing. It's his wonderful grace with which he has blessed me. Oh, my brother and sister, it is important that remember, as Paul wrote, in all things, give thanks. February 1st of this year, I began my 71st year as a preacher. I've had ministry in 18 states, helped plant churches, organized government roles in some churches. Gordon and I traveled together in seven countries. 
I have never anywhere encountered a church like this one. Paul said, bear ye one another's burdens. We really do, don't we? Your burdens are mine and mine are yours. I've never met a church like this one. Thank God that at this stage of my life, he lets me have you as my spiritual family. May God's blessing rest upon you in the name of Jesus.